What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Final Four is not on the schedule. He is Rod, I am Cameron, and we are back with our Big Ten preseason uh, preview here. And today, Rod, we got Purdue, 18 and 10 last year, 13 and 6 in the Big Ten, fourth uh, overall. Half game back of Iowa. Uh, but, man, they were really looking good down the stretch. And I think out of all the teams that lost in the in the tournament, Purdue was the one that really surprised me the most, uh, I think, having looked at it. Especially after uh, <laughs> UCLA makes it to the Final Four. Um, that was the Purdue loss out of all the Big Tens to me was something that really surprised me. Only I would only disagree in this sense is that you know Matt Painter has been only a slight improvement on his mentor Gene Cady. He's a little more, maybe a little more tournament success. That was always a knock on Cady. He'd win Big Ten titles, but Purdue never did anything in March relative to other Big Ten programs at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Painter's had a couple runs. He had that run in '19 where, frankly, they should have beaten Virginia. Just that all time oh, yeah, yeah. game where Carson Edwards just went nuclear and they, they just missed beating Virginia, who went on to win the national title. Um, that was a, you know, and that was a Purdue team that I think heading into that season, nobody saw coming. You know, they had been great for the two or three years prior to that, and then they lost a lot of that personnel. Some of these guys we're going to talk about were on that team as younger guys, and then Carson Edwards was. You know, Carson Edwards and, and, well, I think Isaac Haas was hurt for that tournament run, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was uh, what they wound up doing, the hook and hold call. Right. Um, and uh, and yet they made this great run to the Elite Eight, almost got to the Final Four. But other than that, Matt Painter's had some, some early exits, so it's maybe not a total shocker. But I'll say this, from a Michigan State fan's perspective, you can – you could feel that your team played a part in Purdue's season because I would maintain, if you look at the record, Purdue was 18 and 10 overall and uh, 13 and 6 in the league. And their non conference play was not great. Um, and they were struggling a little bit early on. And they came to East Lansing and were getting run off the floor in the first half. And then the second half happened, and Trevion Williams happened, who has absolutely killed Michigan State, absolutely killed him since he's been at Purdue. And that game that went down to the wire, shouldn't have ever gotten there, but it did. Trevion Williams hits like an 8-10 foot jumper to win it. And Purdue season took off from there. And for that team, keep remember, they lost two starters in no gel Eastern, and Matt Harms to transfers, mm-hmm. both of which kind of came out of the blue, shocked everybody. And yet that team ended up being better than they were the year prior. 
where they were probably not going to be a tournament team uh, in the 1920 season that got shut down. Yeah. Uh, that were probably going to miss the tournament. And they lose two starters unexpectedly, and yet they're much, much better. It, it goes to show you that sometimes personnel changes, even if it's guys who did a lot for you, it all depends on who's coming in and taking those minutes, taking those shots, playing that same role. Sometimes you can benefit from that, and they definitely did. And now you're looking at a team that brings almost everybody back and brings in a really good recruiting class. Uh, to me, they're the favorites, clear cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by far the most experienced team, uh, without a question. Uh, they only lose one guy, Aaron Wheeler. 6'9", power forward, uh, showed a lot of potential as a freshman, but, you know, only played you know, 28 games last year, 3.9 points a game, 4.4 rebounds in 18 minutes, uh, 39, 27, and 57. So he transfers out to St. John's. Not I think it was the right. Huge loss there. I think it was the right move for him because he does have talent and, and, you know, St. John's thinks they're going to have a good team this year. Maybe he finds himself again. Um, but yeah, he was a freshman on that team. I was just talking about that Carson Edwards almost shot into the final four and he was really good that year, particularly down the stretch of big 10 play. You know, they thought they had their stretch four, six, nine guy with length. He could hit threes, could rebound. And then the last two years, they've given him opportunity after opportunity, and he just has never seized it. He's continued to struggle. Um, you know, the shooting numbers, not good. Decent rebounder in the minutes he played, but um, he'd just been passed by some other guys, so I think it made sense for both parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, players, he wasn't going to play this year. Yeah. just wasn't going to happen. Players returning, Jaden Ivey comes back. Uh, struggled early in the year he had some injuries and whatnot but um yeah he, he winds up finishing 11.1 points a game 40 26 and 73 uh i don't know that those numbers quite do him justice though they don't they don't um i think his figure his getting healthy and figuring it out was the single biggest element in changing the trajectory of Purdue's season from being a decent team to one that went 13 and six and a really deep, really good big 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Jaden Ivy. And I think, you know, if, if you paid attention to what happened in the off season, I think there's a pretty good argument that Purdue's got two sophomores and he's one of them who could be among the most improved players in the conference, maybe even the country, you know, he had decent numbers last year. You'd hope for better shooting, but they think he can be. You know, 26% from three is not very good, but they think he'll be better. But he played for Team USA's under-19 team this summer that won the world championship. He he scored 12.3 points a game on that team and shot the ball a lot better. And the word is, since he's gotten back to West Lafayette, that's continued. You know, Jay Nivey was a big-time recruit. He was a guy they were excited about. And so far, I think he's proving to be everything they thought he would be. Um, if he's as good as I think he could be, Purdue's going to be really tough, mm. really tough because he was good last year, especially in big 10 play. Um, and if he's better the way I think he'll be, wow. Yep. And then they get Eric Hunter, six, four senior back. Um, 
8.5 points a game last year, led the team in assists at 67, shot 37-27-81. Yeah, you know, Purdue Purdue does not because they play a, a motion offense. They don't play or, or don't rely on a traditional point guard the way most other teams in the in the Big 10 or even in the country do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, motion offenses don't necessarily require that because you're not running, you're not running scripted, scripted sets. And at the same time, you're not as dependent upon pick and roll as a lot of modern teams are. So it, it asks a little different thing. It asks for more versatility in your lineup, um, but it doesn't ask for a pure point guard necessarily. If you think back to painters teams, really the whole time he's been there, but especially in recent years where they've mostly been pretty good. Um, they haven't had a lot of pure point guards. I mean, if you go back a couple of years, um, uh, oh, God, why am I blanking on him? The kid from Texas, Dakota Mathias. Mathias, yeah. He led them in assists a couple of years running, I think. Those teams with Carson Edwards, he was a guy people talked about, labeled as a point guard. He wasn't a point guard. He never he never led those teams in assists. He was a scorer. And guys like Matthias were were the big playmakers as much as they had one, mm. you know. But it, I say all this to say that even though Hunter's not a pure point guard, he's probably the closest thing they have to that. He did lead the team in assists, but they don't need him to be a pure playmaker. What they do need from him is to shoot the ball a bit better. You know, he was better as a he struggled mightily as a freshman. Was better as a sophomore. Took a step back last year. They can't afford him shooting 27% again. They need him to be on the plus side of 30. If he can do that, he's valuable because he steadies the ship in terms of the guard spot out there from an offensive point of view, just in terms of running it. Mm. And um, and then he's really good defensively. Good size, good length, you know, a valuable guy to have out there. And You know, most of Matt Painter's teams have been really good defensively, and so um, that's something that's valued there. So Hunter will play a big role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sasha Stefanovic is back, 6'6", senior, 9.3 points a game last year, second on the team in assists with 64. Uh, and he shot well, 42, 40, and 84, with most of his attempts coming from deep, three-fourths of them. Yeah, and that's his primary role. He he kind of reminds me a little bit of the guy I just mentioned, Dakota Mathias. Similar size, um, you know, shooter but yet also a decent passer, playmaker, uh, just versatility in terms of his ball skills. That, that's mostly what you get from him. He's an okay defensive player as well, but his primary role for them and the way he really helps them is hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd expect that again. But again, a lot of experience. He's another guy. He and Hunter were both on that team that went to the Elite Eight in uh in 19 so these are guys who have seen a lot of different things and played a lot of basketball uh and then trevion williams 6'9 senior comes back 15.5 points a game 9.1 rebounds uh and he's got a decent assist total to 63 third on the team in assists uh 53 from the floor but man 50 percent from the line yeah uh, i've always really liked him and, you know, I, I've, we've, we've talked about this a few times over the years, but he was a guy, there were two guys in that 2018 class that Michigan State was in on, kind of prioritized other guys over, didn't get, 
and have gone on to really nice careers elsewhere. Uh, Dwayne Washington was one. They never offered him, actually. Trevion Williams did have a Michigan State offer, and there was a lot of sentiment that he was it was inevitable he would be a Michigan State player early in his recruitment. But then he got hurt the summer before his junior uh, summer after his junior year, gained a lot of weight. I'm sorry, it was during his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then so that, that last summer of AAU, he had gained a lot of weight. He was healthy to play in AAU. I saw him. And he looked like he looked a lot like high school Derek Nix. And and it's a good comparison because there's some similarities. He's also an outstanding passer out of the post, the way Nix was. He was a guy who had great post skills, but zero lift, zero explosion athletically, like Nix. He was woefully out of shape, like Nix. Even having said that, he was right near the top of the EYBL rebounding stats that year, even though he could barely move (laughs) uh, because of all the bad weight he was carrying and the fact that he was – coming off a, a lower leg injury, he still produced. And you could see the talent. Mm-hmm. But Michigan State ended up deciding that Marcus Bingham was the guy they wanted. And so they de-emphasized recruiting Trevion Williams. He ended up at Purdue, which honestly, if you're a big man and you're not coming to Michigan State, Purdue's a great other place for you to land. Mm-hmm. Because they, they are very similar in terms of um, their willingness to utilize and prioritize a big man. Not every school does. You're seeing a lot of schools in the Big Ten now doing this, but um, there was a period where it was falling out of vogue. You know, when Beeline was around and maybe some other coaches didn't really prioritize it. Uh, but nationally, it, there are not a lot of places that prioritize the big man the way Purdue does. Maybe yeah. none. I almost uh, think that the Big Ten has kind of shifted that way because it's become like a funnel of the only place for true big mans to come. So they've kind can, of all come to Big Ten. You can make that case. You know, I was just reading an article the other day. I haven't been following Purdue's current recruiting that closely this year, but um, apparently they're in on another seven-foot-plus guy. So <laughs> big surprise. You know, they all just seem to flock there. You're right. Jeez. It's like a factory. Um but, but Trevion Williams, the, the other really important reason it was a good choice to go to Purdue is, like Michigan State, they have proven to be outstanding over the years in terms of taking guys who need to get their bodies home and getting it done. And he is a dramatically different-looking person than he was when I saw him playing for the family before his senior year of high school. Mm. It's a totally different guy. And... And now, you know, you've seen him. He showed flashes as a freshman. I think he was pretty good as a sophomore, still inconsistent. But, boy, last year, hey, 15.5, 9.1, 63 assists. You can't argue with that stuff. He needs to get better at the line. I think he can actually, the fact that he only shot 53% from the floor is a little bit surprising to me. I think he should be better than that Mm -hmm. because he's got all the skills in the world. He's got great footwork knows how to use his body to create space, and he's got great touch. He should shoot better than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can't – doubling him is just death because of how well he sees the floor. He's got great passing instincts. That's where he really reminds me of Derek Nix. But what he's got that even Nix didn't have is he can also dribble himself out of trouble. So if he's being doubled 
And for whatever reason, the double is successful enough that it's it's causing him to not have a good angle. He's got a good enough handle that he can get himself out of trouble by himself. Mm-hmm. Not many big guys can do that. So I'm saying all this saying, you know, well, Jesus, you're talking about a guy who should be all Big Ten, right? And, <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, He should be. But I'm wondering if he actually loses minutes this year to another guy we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But it's possible. And, and the problem is neither one of these guys, they can't play them together. They cannot do it defensively. It won't work. Trevion cannot play the four. They'll fall apart defensively if he does if they try that. So it kind of is a fixed pie at the five, and they're actually in a position where I wonder if that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Because they got two guys who have every right to think they should be playing huge minutes. Yeah, but we'll we'll put a bow on that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they bring in uh, bring back Mason Gillis, six foot eight sophomore. Uh, 5.2 points a game, 4.1 rebounds in 22 minutes. Uh, he shot fairly well, 47, 35, and 81. Good player. You know, he sat out his freshman year, redshirted, I think because of an injury. Came in last year and gradually took the job away from Wheeler because he was just more reliable. Those are decent shooting numbers. They think he could even get better as a deep shooter, be a real stretch threat. But I think with this team, what you're looking for him to do is a lot of what he did last year. He's got a nice big body, 6'8". He's strong, put together physically. Um, you just want him doing dirty work, giving you energy, giving you toughness, defending, and go out and get a bucket for you here and there. That's enough. Mm-hmm. But I do think he has enough talent that maybe down the line, as a junior and a senior, he might be capable of giving them even more. Uh, and then Brandon Newman, 6'6", sophomore, eight points a game, three and a half rebounds as a wing. Uh, and he started 23 games last year. Yeah, he had a good season. You know, he shot 40, 38, 94. So you really yeah. like that. And, and and coming out of high school, shooting was supposed to be the knock on him. You know, he was another guy that redshirted and then came on last year like gangbusters. Now, he was, he was really big for them early and then, Ivy started supplanting him for some minutes, but there's room for both guys mm-hmm. pretty clearly. Uh, I think I don't think he'll be a starter. You know, you look at that at that group, and it's probably Ivy, Hunter, and Stefanovic on the perimeter. But Newman's going to play minutes, and you know they like him defensively. He's got great size on the wing at six six, and he can he's proven that he can shoot, and he's a decent athlete. So a lot to like with him and. Again, you can see this. It's not even just about the starting lineup with Purdue. They've got answers off their bench. I I just don't see how anybody can look at this and say they shouldn't be the favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they got Zach Eady, seven foot four sophomore, yeah. coming off the bench. Uh, he averaged 8.7 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, and a block. Coming off the bench, 60% from the floor, 71 from the line in 14 and a half minutes. Yeah, and that was, you know, look, he's seven foot four, I don't know, 280, 300, your guess is as good as mine. Um, a lot like the way Isaac Haas was, where if he's around the rim and he gets it, I mean, even more, we're talking about guys like Coburn and, um, and Dickinson in this conference who are huge human beings, but 
this kid makes them all look small. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, if he gets the ball near the rim, it is truly over. There's nothing you can do except maybe try to foul him. But, mm-hmm. again, he shot, what, 71% at the line. So that's not necessarily a great play the way it is with, say, Trevion Williams or with Kofi Colbert. Because mm-hmm. this kid is going to hit, you know, three-quarters of his free throws. He's got touch. Yeah, he he does. Um, that's where I think he's even better than Haas. Haas was so good around the rim, but he never really developed range. This kid is like almost like the best combination of Haas and um, Matt Harms. Mm-hmm. Matt Harms had a little bit more of a game away from the rim, but yeah. he wasn't as good as those other guys around the rim because he wasn't as strong. Uh, the scary thing here is Edie played in the under-19 World Cup as well. He played for Canada. And he averaged 15 points and 14 rebounds and a little oh, more than two blocks goodness. per game for Team Canada. And they got a bronze medal. So the U.S. won it. Canada finished in third. Um, so this is, why I look at <laughs> this is why I look at it and I say, well, Trevion Williams had a huge season, and yet I can very easily see a justification for saying, hey, Zach Eady only played 15 minutes a game last year. we got to get him more minutes. Mm-hmm. Whose minutes does that come at the expense of? It has to be Trevion Williams. I, I think with Edie that the key is still the same. Um, it's primarily about endurance and mobility. You know, I think one of the reasons he only played the minutes he did last year is, you know, they wanted him to be fresh, and he could only be fresh for a certain amount of time. They also do both of these guys – for as good a defensive team as Purdue is, it's a bit of a weakness in the sense that neither of these guys is really good if you get them away from the rim. Now, they, they do some things to try and mitigate that, but it is a weakness. I just don't know how they solve this problem other than more or less splitting the minutes down the middle, and I don't know how Trevion Williams reacts to that if that's what happens. Or do they kind of keep it more at that 25-15 balance that they had last year. But but then you got to look at it and say, well, is Zach Eady getting shortchanged? And yeah. conversely, is Purdue getting shortchanged? I, I don't know the answer. I just know that there is no way in hell there's anybody who has a better one-two punch at the five than Purdue. Mm-hmm. Not even close. There might be players, there probably are players, even in this conference, that are better individually than either of these two guys. But as a combination, no way. Nobody touches them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Isaiah Thompson, 6'1", junior, he averaged 4.2 points a game in 18 minutes, 41-40 and 75. He's a lot like, as you remember, his older brother, PJ, yeah. played a very similar role. Point guard size, but not a point guard's game. Uh, Isaiah Thompson is a spot-up shooter. And, you know, just under 70% of his temps come from out there. He shoots 40% from three, so you're fine with that. But that's his role. I think the difference is his brother was a starter. I don't see a path to him being a starter on this team, but he's going to be a guy like Brandon Newman that plays a lot off the bench. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Ethan Morton, 6'5", sophomore. Um, Not much production last year, just under a point a game, 25% uh, and 29% from three. Yeah, you know, I, he's he's a guy that they talked about a lot 
last year as a recruit as um, a versatile player. They, they knew he needed to improve as a shooter, and he wasn't very good last year, but um, they really liked his passing ability and his versatility defensively, and all those things may be true. I just I look at the roster, and I just don't see a lot of minutes. Um, I, I just really can't see the role because, you know, you've got the three starters, then you got Newman, then you got Isaiah Thompson. Where, where are the minutes for him? You know, it's probably a deal like last year where if he plays, it'll be spot minutes. Just keep in mind, Purdue under Painter is not like Michigan State under Izzo. You know, the Purdue doesn't run. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to expand the playing group as a matter of necessity, the way Michigan State does, because guys generally are able to play bigger bigger amounts of minutes, yeah. larger amounts of minutes, um, because they're not expending all that energy running the floor. So it's a little different equation if you're the sixth guy in the perimeter group at Purdue than it is at a place like Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for newcomers, uh, Purdue's not attempting the transfer portal, uh, I think this is the this is the only team in the Big Ten that has not. I think you're right. I think you're right. Tested the the portal. They got they lost three. One, they lost one guy and they didn't add anybody, but they didn't have to. Yeah. While they were coming back, and then this is a really good class. Yep. They got three true freshmen coming in. Trey Kaufman, Wren, six uh, nine product of Indiana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, this is going to be really interesting to me because we've talked about Purdue having a lot of guys, right? So Mason Gillis looks pretty obvious at the four. Um, We've got the two-headed monster at the five. And now you talk about Kaufman Wren, who was a consensus top 50 recruit. They beat out IU, Louisville, Virginia, UNC. You see where I'm going. This is a guy with a real pedigree, and and people think he's legit. He's 6'9", 220. They think he could even play on the wing. So maybe instead of Ethan Morton eating up a few minutes a game on the wing, it's Kaufman Wren. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they like his talent level. I mean, they think in time he can be a really, really good player offensively for them. I think primarily his role will be backing up uh, Mason Gillis. Mm. at the four that's where i would see most of his minutes coming from and who knows he's talented enough that you know maybe he even pushes him out of the way i i don't think that happens because um mostly because painter is a guy who seems to really like the hierarchy of guys developing yeah. earning and, and so gillis has done enough being in the program for two years that you and he played well last year so you would think he holds on to it, but Coffin Wren is, is supposed to be the real thing. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of the best recruits on paper from a rankings perspective that uh, Painter's ever got. He's he's in the top five, I think, wow. for sure. Uh, and then Caleb First, uh, 6'10", 230. He was a teammate of Ivy's on the, uh, the World Cup gold medal team under 19. <laughs> And here's another, you know, they, the MSU was in on him heavy. They wanted Caleb first, and Purdue beat him out, put him point blank. I think that the two schools have had a lot of hotly contested recruitments over the time that Painter's been there. You know, you can go back to the Gary Harris recruitment, 
um, which Michigan State won. Michigan State won a lot of them early. B.J. Dawson, they beat Purdue for. Um, there may maybe been a handful of others. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting who have been offered. Malik Hall was a recent one mm. uh, that Michigan State won out. But Purdue's gotten a couple of their own right. Um, Caleb Swanigan, obviously, yeah. was a big one, a weird one, but a big one. Um, they could claim Trevion Williams. I, I know a little better, but okay. <laughs> but that's turned out very well for them. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and now this one, you know, I think there was a point that Michigan State really felt good about Caleb first, and then Purdue kept him at home in Indiana. Lots of potential, highly regarded guys. Got good size, 6'10", 230. He's got skill. One thing you have to like if you're a Purdue fan is he's got more mobility than a lot of guys. You know, Purdue's had these gigantic you know, statue kind of guys yeah. at the five. Caleb first can actually move his feet a little bit. So you got a chance that he could be more versatile defensively. Um, he's got a lot of ability, but where do you play him? I don't, I don't see it. You know, I mean, Trevion Williams and Zach Eady have to eat up 40 minutes at the five. They have to. Okay, so he said, well, Caleb first can move, and he's got some ball skills. Maybe he can play some four. Well, you got Mason Gillis coming back as a starter, and you got a classmate in Kaufman Wren who's even more highly regarded than, than uh, first is. So where does he play? Hmm. I think this may be a case of a guy who's a very you know top 75 recruit for sure, um, very highly regarded, who they just don't have room for. But he may not play very much this year. That should not be an indictment of him as a player. I would expect that starting as a sophomore, he takes on a significant role. Just because, you know, this year with this much talent, this much experience, this much depth, I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then the last guy that got, Brian Waddle, 6'7", native of Indiana, with a little bit of a history behind him. Uh, with the with the Boilermakers, yeah, his dad Matt Waddell. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are our older set, which includes me. Um, remembers Matt Waddell was a he was a teammate of Matt Painters for a while. Actually, he was a early mid '90s guy. Played on uh, some great Purdue teams in the Big Dog Robinson era, which was the <laughs> one, the one point that um, well, one of the few points that. Uh, Gene Cady actually almost had a breakthrough to a Final Four. Um, his dad was a point guard. Brian Waddell isn't, but uh, 6'7", he's an athletic wing. They offered him late, even though he was a legacy. They waited until spring of his senior year. He had a really good senior year, I believe, at Carmel High School there. And um, Purdue elected to offer, and he committed in the spring. And it's already been predetermined that he's going to redshirt. And, you know, with this much depth, obviously, there's zero reason to play him. Mm. Um, and and no real no real opportunity, I think, for him to see a role. But, um, you know, in the future, he may be a guy who, who proves to be able to help him. Yep. Well, Rod, uh, Purdue, I, I, it – Pains me to say this, but it does remind me a little bit of the Wisconsin team from last year. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen with this team. Um, 
Well, you would you would think not. Um, and and the, the reason you would think not is, first and foremost, I've got no indication that there's any discord with their coach. Now, we didn't True. really know that was there with guard until it came out. But, um, you know, I, I you're right, but I, I like this team better than that Wisconsin team. Mm-hmm. I think, look, if Matt Painter is going to get to a Final Four, this this might be about as good a shot as you could expect that he'll have mm. because they really do have a bit of everything. I mean, yeah, there are areas they could improve. They could, they could shoot the ball a little bit better from deep. Um, they could maybe be a little bit more consistent defensively, although they were still pretty damn good as they usually are. Uh, they could maybe value the ball a little bit better than they did at times, but I- I'm nitpicking. I mean, yeah. it, it, the, really, the thing that puts it over the top to me is the summers that Ivy and Edie had. If they truly are coming back as improved as it seems that they are, mm-hmm. then how can you not look at this team as the best the best group in the Big Ten coming in? You know, there's just so much depth, size, experience, talent, and young talent with room to get a lot better, which is maybe the thing Wisconsin didn't have. Yeah. But I think Purdue does. Yeah, um, they're the they're the they're the favorites to me, pretty clearly. With as many questions as Michigan and other teams have, I, I just don't see how you pick it any other way. Yeah, I, I like it. I think you're right on with this uh, Purdue pick. Um, you, you lose one guy. <laughs> I mean, man, yeah, who, who wasn't very good in a strong Big Ten last year, and and they wound up by you know by the end of the season. They look like one of the best teams in the Big Ten coming into the tournament. They were, they yeah. were, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, so, any uh, teasers for Michigan State? Uh, that'll be our uh, our last preview of the preseason. Well, I I think um, obviously picking them fifth um, that would suggest improvement, and I do think they're going to be better. I think there's reason for optimism. There are also legitimate questions. And could they finish lower than that? Yes. Could they finish higher than that? Yes. Uh, a lot, a lot, lot, lot is going to be dependent upon that point guard position mm. because that's what held that team back last year. And that's where I think they have reason to believe they're going to be a lot better. And and that that really is in the the person of Tyson Walker primarily. Mm-hmm. Their grad, their transfer from Northeastern. Um, if he's as good as advertised and as good as he's looked in some of the viewings and some of the things I hear about practice, I feel pretty confident that they're going to be significantly better at the point. If that's the case, then the whole thing is better. Uh-huh. But it's look, this is a very we've just gotten done talking about all 13 other teams. This is a very deep Big Ten again. A lot of talent, a lot of experience, good coaching. It's never easy, but I think it. I think it could be a fun team mm. in Michigan State, and we'll see what happens. Okay, well, we'll end that uh, today with Purdue, and next up will be Michigan State. Until then, the Final Four is not on the schedule. <laughs> Race fans, Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win, presented by Win Las Vegas. 
Join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture, technology, drama, and glamour of Formula One. There's something for everyone, whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong F1 fan. So join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the F1 season on the Drive to Win podcast. That's Win, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Win Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.